in a world where jobs are how most people make money. One man, one desire, one challenge dares to break the mold. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where we don't work for money. Money works for us. Coming soon. Viewer discretion advised. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where cash flow is king. Real estate investing, the means, so you can enjoy your retirement dreams. This is the show where we cut right to the chase. No sales pitch, no long monologues, just simple how-to real estate investing advice, so you can earn the passive income you need to enjoy your retirement today. And now, your host and chief old dog, Bill Manasero. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network. I'm your host, Bill Manasero, and this is a show where 50-plusers and anyone else who wants to join us get solid, no-sales-pitch real estate investing advice to help generate real cash flow. This podcast airs twice weekly on Mondays and Fridays, and if you aren't already a subscriber, go to iTunes or Apple Podcast, type in Old Dogs, spelled D-A-W-G-S, find our podcast, and subscribe. Well, we have a great guest for you today. Uh, this uh, young man is uh, a, uh, well, I'll tell you, he, his, his name is Steve Kafagi, and he is an ex-techie turned real estate investor who has helped thousands diversify into real estate after spending nearly five years at Facebook. He's syndicated acquisitions totaling more than $100 million while designing and developing more than 25 properties. Today, he's the founder of TechVestor, which helps real estate investors and busy professionals passively invest in the emerging asset class of short-term rentals, aka Airbnbs. Well, see, uh, welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network. Thanks for having me, Bill. Yeah, I don't think you're an old dog, though. I think you're... <laughs> you're st- old dog on the block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it sounds really interesting, uh, what you're doing. And so I, I want to jump into it. But first, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, you know, how, you, how you, you know, what your background is and so forth and uh, how you kind of came yeah. into this space. So I'm a, I'm a father first, father of two. So I have an 18 month old. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. 18 month old and a four week old. Um, (laughs) I know it's been a a crazy ride. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you know, we, you know, background kind of goes back to even in high school, I started, you know, being really interested in real estate and, you know, started dabbling there, lost a lot of money back in 08 because you know 08 2012 had no idea what i was doing um and then hated real estate for a while landed in tech after college um five years at facebook i was recruited to build their second largest engineering team Uh, and uh, fun fact the reason i was recruited was because i kept teaching people how to beat the facebook interview and they were like you know what let's let's bring this guy and bring this guy internally that's great great. Um, and uh, so that was kind of cool 
And uh, so five years there, taking a team from 89 to 1100, they called it building a team. I thought it was more like building a company, um, <laughs> but you just, with, with the growth that was kind of happening. And, you know, over those years, I was privileged enough to travel quite a bit and we stayed in too many shitty Airbnbs where I was like, why is no one fixing this problem? Um, and when we learned a little bit more about the asset class, we just realized that there was just such low hanging fruit, little to no competition institutionally, um, and such, such ability to drive really great returns. And that was really interesting to me as someone who had a large disposable income at Facebook when I was in tech. And I was like, let's start dabbling and things really just took off. Um, and then Sabrina and I decided she's my co-founder and partner. Um, we decided to open up this opportunity for others and see if they would be interested. And we actually built software first, uh, trying to help people kind of like DIY. Um, and what we heard is no one wanted to do the work. <laughs> they were like, use your own software. Um, and here's <laughs> some money and can you go do this for me? Um, and so, you know, to date we've raised about 22 million, uh, in our first year in building the largest institutional grade short-term rental fund that's focused on cash flow across eight states. Um, and it's been a rocket ship of the year. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. And uh, <laughs> people are investing in Airbnbs and anybody could go in there that has an Airbnb and, um, yeah, kind of tell me how, you know, how it works, you know, the, the sure. mechanics of putting it together. Yeah, so we work with accredited investors, right? So they have to be a qualified investor uh, who are and they're interested in investing in the asset class of short-term rentals. And you can invest with as little as 25 grand into our diversified fund, which you'll be a shareholder of, you know, 50, 60, 70 plus properties all across the country. And every single quarter, we simply send you a check not the old, not the old school way though, right? ACH, um, direct to your bank account um, for cash flow, and the expectation is that you'll earn generally in that, you know, seven, eight, ten, twelve percent cash on cash range is our is our projection, um, and you'll double your capital or so over the hold period, which is projected to be every four, five, six, seven years. Um, so, and if you want to do it again after that, you'll you can re-sign up and join our community and continue to build and build and continue to build wealth with there. But we're focused on cash flow. We're focused on yield. Um, and what's really awesome is that you get to also use this portfolio for yourself if you'd like, um, because we treat you as an owner um, and you are an owner quite literally in this portfolio. So um, that's where we're at today. Now, the Airbnbs, are they owned by your company or the um, uh, just other individuals yeah. around the country? They're owned actually by all of us, right? So when you invest in our offering and our fund, um, the idea is that you are a shareholder in the entire portfolio, right? So it's oh, owned okay. by you, it's by us, it's owned by other people across the country. Um, there's typically a specific hold period that's tied to that, that's kind of projected. Um, and then we, as the business, as the company, we operated on behalf of everybody. So you remain passive, right? We believe short-term rental investing should be passive and not active because professional management, technology, operations, all those types of things come significantly through in the returns when those things are executed. Excellent. And uh, the, so the, the whole management back end, everything from, you know, to booking, to answering uh, inquiries from people, to cleaning, all uh, it's all, all you guys. Wow. Everything. Okay. Yep. And the best part for us actually is that, you know, A, you get instant diversification with as little as a 25 grand check, right? If you've bought any piece of real estate before, you know, you're not walking in and out that door with 25 grand. 
right? Like it's, you're, you're walking in down payment, furnishings, renovations, taxes, all those types of things. And the fact that you can get started with 25 grand, take on little to no liability at all and get instant diversification with a really great yield. That's really what we're offering. And it's, is it acts as a fund um, in terms of, yeah. The, yeah, the actual, okay. So, so you mentioned ranges anywhere between seven and 12%. Um, how are there different elements within the fund or does it, does it, it fluctuate, uh, you know, uh, month to month? It does fluctuate. So we send out cash flow quarterly um, and it absolutely fluctuates, right? Airbnbs are seasonal, right? We can have, you know, quarters, where we get significant returns and we could have quarters where we don't get significant returns. Um, but the average over the year is going to be that seven to 12 cash on cash yield um, currently projected. And, you know, you have high seasons, you have low seasons, but that's the value, right? Is being able to drive significantly better rental revenue than, than renting it out as a long-term rental. Oh, that's great. That's great. Do people, when they're looking for Airbnbs, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're going through Airbnb, right? Uh, uh, when they, and, and they come across yep. one of your properties. Um, do you have an unusually high rating? You know, I mean, do you have like all five star <laughs> um, yeah. ratings? Or, you know, I mean, is that something that you you managed to get in and, <laughs> and adjust <laughs> like you did with Facebook? No, I mean, is it uh, something that you, it, that you maintain really? Uh, yeah, that's got to be a, a, a major element, right? Yeah, you know, I think we drive a really great experience, and I think it's probably unrealistic to expect you're going to have five-star reviews every single time, right? Like, we, we're dealing with right. humans and experiences and guests and, you know, local labor and talent and weathers and seasons and things that are in or not in our control. Um, but we do have a great rating, uh, and we typically drive 52% more revenue and 38% more occupancy than our competition. So that should probably tell you a little bit about the product that we're offering. Uh, it's better designed, better equipped, better experience for all. Um, and that's really how we're able to drive those returns better than the average mom and pop operator. Great. And, and how long have you uh, been in operation? Uh, yeah, so we're about a year-ish old uh, today. Um, Sabrina and I have actually been in the Airbnb space for quite a while Right. We bought our own uh, what, three, four, five years ago now, uh, trying to go back. Um, and we really only opened up the portfolio to other investors um, in 2021. Got it. And the, uh, the, the people that invest, uh, is it just um, you know, accredited investors or sophisticated yes. investors? Okay, accredited. We only work with accredited investors. And uh, monthly dividends, quarterly dividends? Quarterly. Quarterly, okay. Sounds like a, a really, <laughs> you know, a really neat idea. I mean, Airbnb is is booming. It's uh, it's been doing really well. And uh, um, have you seen any shift in, in trends in, ter in in terms of usage or, or um, uh, demand? Uh, you know, what 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 makes people want to get into something that you know maybe they're not that aware of? Um, how do we yeah. know that this is going to be a good investment? You know, I think all investments can lose money and you should be expected to lose all your money in any investment. I think that's what the disclaimers and nearly all these docs will tell you, right. right? regardless of asset class. But here's the reasons why we like Airbnb and where we see it in the marketplace today. Or I should call them short-term rentals, right? But Airbnb is a slang term. Yeah. So short-term rentals are really great for cash on cash yield. And in an inflationary market like we are in today, cash flow growth 
um, is one of the most important things. In fact, there is a beautiful article written by uh, Blackstone's head of real estate just a few days ago where they are focusing on cash flow growth. And in fact, they describe their preferred asset types as hospitality with one night rentals minimums, which is exactly what a short term rental is. Right. And the reason for that is because we can drive revenues every single night at a different price point and continue to drive with the rise of inflation versus long term leases. You can't actually do that until you get the re up, right? Which are on a you typically on an annual basis. So that alone with the tax benefits and the fact that it's passive, not to mention that you're taking advantage of a shifting world, right? Like human psychology and tailwinds tells us that post-pandemic, we're remote first, we're flexible living, right? And so you, how do you capitalize on those trends? Those trends actually aren't LTRs and long-term rentals in the single-family space. Those are actually MTRs, mid-term rentals, short-term rentals, et cetera, which are allowing you to capture that cash flow growth and the type of demand that is coming with it. Right. Will you accept, um, you know, people that want to book for two, three months at a time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I would say 20, 25% of our bookings are typically 20, a month or longer. Okay. Great. And uh, what parts of the country do you focus in on for, you know, your short-term rentals? Yeah. So we built our own software engine that actually allows us to market map over 250 different markets. Um, so that's one of our proprietary advantages. Um, so that kind of leads us and guides us where we go next, for lack of a better word. But currently, we're in places like Scottsdale, places in Clearwater and Tampa, uh, Panama City Beach, the Poconos in Pennsylvania, and the Hudson Valley in New York, uh, Memphis, Blue Ridge, right? So we continue to expand based on what data tells us to do. Um, I think that's a big component of another reason people tend to want to invest passively with us is everything we do is data-backed, right? Coming from tech, uh, we brought a lot of technology into this space so we can make data-informed decisions that allow us to lower the risk or lower the chances of loss of any sorts. And what what criteria, I mean, just off the, off the you know, top of your head here, are, are you looking at, at, at markets uh, that are desirable for, for your investment? Yeah, so because we're a fund, what's really awesome is we can actually drive different strategies within an overall portfolio strategy, right? So some of our markets and some of our homes are geared towards what we call destination markets. So think like beach, mountain towns. And then another example would be our metro markets, right? Scottsdale, Clearwater, um, Memphis, right? Where you're going to have more city slash urban living and they're less uh, destination-like. So you're going to get blends of seasonalities across both strategies, blends of pros and cons. And uh, the advantage of this is that throughout, think of it like an ETF, right? There's different reasons you put certain stocks in an ETF because it gives you a diversified perspective. Right. Are are the, uh, the the units themselves? I mean, are they three bedroom homes? Are they uh, condos? Are they apartments? Uh, I, I mean, do, what yeah. do they? Do you have one particular model? Yeah. So each market's actually completely unique, right? So real estate is hyper local, and in the STR space, that's that couldn't be more true, right? So each market has its own version of what we call a buy box. Right, in terms of what needs to be in that property. How big is it? How many bedrooms? How many bathrooms? How many square feet? How big is the lot? Do you need a hot tub or not? You know, does it need to have a pool? Do you, how do you design it? Who's your avatar? Who's coming here? Right? What are they looking for? How do you need to price? All those things are completely 
uh, different nuances depending on the market you're in. Got it. Do you have any um, luxury short-term rentals? Yeah, I would say we tend to actually not focus on luxury. So what we find, at least going off the data, is once you cross that million and a half, two and a half million dollar range, um, you start to find deals that don't work. Now, they don't work from an investment perspective. Right now, if you're buying it for yourself as a second home and you're renting it out as an Airbnb for your family and you're going to get to use it from time to time, there's a decent chance they could make a pencil because you're not looking at it as an investment, right? But if you're looking for the best cash flow growth price to rent ratio, right, it's typically not going to be in that lux. Secondly, for us, we find the best opportunities both on acquisition and operations in that mid-tier, right? Our average property purchase price is in that five fifty dollars to $600,000 range, right? It, put, it pulls $100,000-plus in revenue on an annual basis. It's highly profitable, and we have lower risk because we can exit that property in several different ways, right? Especially when you, with looming talks of a recession and those types of things, right? Lux and those types of things are also highly speculative in terms of their performance. You know, you mentioned there's a, a sort of a, a payoff at, uh, or some sort of equity play or something at the end uh, for yeah. investors. Yeah. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So investors share in everything, right? The cash flow, the tax benefits. We do cost segregation studies to enact bonus depreciation rates the last year for that to get 100%. Um, and investors share in the appreciation and the equity growth of the properties over the whole period as well. So what we expect to project is there's cash on cash throughout the hold period and then a return of equity in the end of the hold period in addition to the return of equity on the appreciation. So the idea is to realistically 2x your capital or so over the next four to six years, assuming our business plan was to play out. Got it, got it. Wow, well, it it sounds like uh, you've got a a very, very interesting model that... uh, that sounds like it's working good. So, um, uh, what uh, what are your sort of your your growth projections? Um, are you want you want to keep expanding um, in, in, into more more markets? Yeah, you know, I don't think it's necessarily about markets. Like one of the advantages we have is we can spin up a new property anywhere in the country rather pretty easily because of our operational infrastructure, and that's one of our key advantages. It's more so about you know, educating investors that this is a viable investment opportunity, right? When you think about your options to invest in the real estate space, short-term rentals from a passive perspective is not a common thing, right? So we're early. Uh, We've had significant institutional interest, right? And we believe where we are today in the market is where storage was in the 90s before Amazon, right? And when Amazon came on the market, all of a sudden people needed a place to put more things, right? And storage continuously matured. We believe short-term rentals are the emerging asset class of the future. It's where the tailwinds are. It's where smart money and smart capital is looking into. Um, And it's where the flexible living and post-pandemic ideologies take us to. And those are headwinds that take time to develop, uh, but we're investing in them early on behalf of our investors. And I think we're primed to see that growth. That's great. what uh, early on, I'm sure as you, you know, started going in this direction, or maybe it was your own investments uh, in the short-term rental area, but um, what, what mistakes did you encounter that, uh, that you made that you learned from that, uh, you know, that uh, helped you to sort of reshape your, your direction and uh, focus? I think it was 
you know, making decisions early on and you know, even before running TechFester is making decisions without a lot of data, right? Um, in fact, one of the biggest mistakes I made personally as an investor in the short-term rental space is I built and designed the home for myself. And you can't do that, right? It's not the market. It's not the person who's coming here. So the things that I want, and this is, it, it was an emotional thing, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm building and designing the home as I would like to enjoy it rather than looking at it as an investment and actually building and designing it for the avatar or the type of person or persons coming to stay in this home, right? And then when that property didn't do so well back in the day, I was like, what's going on, right? So we revamped everything after kind of coming to that realization and then everything took off, right? You have to understand who your market is, who's your avatar. And unfortunately, especially in this industry because it's very mom and pop and that people are typically owning one or two, maybe at most short-term rentals, they often get emotional in their investment journey and emotions can kill an investment very quickly. Right. Do you have, um, you know, certain things that you, you would, every unit has to have, I mean, that's, that's maybe something that in the beginning you didn't think it did need, um, that, uh, um, there was just a, a little thing, like you said, you know, could have, I don't know, it could have been a, um, a type of coffee maker or whatever. I don't know that, uh, that really, um, you know, you start tweaking things to where you're trying to really build it to your, to your avatar, your, your target audience. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's a thing. It's actually a, the way you present the property in my opinion. So one of the biggest things that we tend to see that mom and pop operators typically don't do is professional photos, right? And the way that you photograph and stage the property, people will need to feel and envision themselves there, right? Um, so between that and whatever, what we call is an Instagrammable moment within the home or within the experience and environment, those things are critical. You need to highlight those things. It could be as simple as a mural. It could be a really great art piece. It could be lights. It could be an outdoor uh, photo. Those, like, you know, we eat with our eyes first, Right. And the same thing happens on Airbnb when you're searching and looking for the type of home that you want to go stay at. Those are very, very big things to look at and understand what's important to that avatar. And it's actually not the same in each market, right? Whether it's the the mural, whether it's a hot tub, whether it's amenities, whether it's access to cable TV, right? Everything is very different in each market. Right. Wow. Do you rely on additional marketing besides what the platforms provide to bring people into your units? We don't, and I'll tell you why, right? People who focus on direct bookings, in my opinion, um, are are perhaps not valuing the effective marketing that Airbnb and Verbo offer, right? Typically, direct bookings are complementary to your uh, direct OTAs, right, or is what Airbnb and Verbo are called, um, and they're incredibly efficient. You only pay per reservation, and it's a small fee typically per reservation. So for you to go build a brand to attract, create, integrate software, automate the protection, the insurance, and doing all those things on a direct basis, that's not typically best for most people. Now, I'm not saying it's not worth it. If your vision is very long-term and you're looking to build a brand with direct bookings, there's a huge value in doing so, but it's not a cheap journey to get, to get started on. And for most people, it's best to get started specifically on the OTAs. And for us, 
we can drive significant occupancy and revenue through the OTAs, through our professional management and operations. So that extra little bit of kind of complementary revenue typically isn't worth the squeeze given the amount of risk and capital we have to put up. And, and what does OTA stand for, for those listening that don't know? Over the air. Okay, got it. Um, looking at the other side too, what what did you initiate uh, that in the, in the early stages that really turned out to be a winner that you didn't really necessarily anticipate? Yeah, it's it's really these OTAs or um, actually I think I misspoke. I think I said over the air. I was thinking about radio because we were talking about that <laughs> earlier. Um, these online travel agencies. I apologize. My brain my brain is all over the place. These online travel agencies. We have really great partnerships with them, right? And I think it's important at our level of scale to understand how their product works. Right? And because we come from tech, we've been able to build and understand our product and our homes based on the user journey of the users of these OTAs or online travel travel agencies. Right. So Airbnb and Verbo actually have different avatars. The client on Verbo is typically, um, you know, higher net worth, older of age. Right. Um, Airbnb, they're looking for specific things. They're typically younger of age, certain different amenities. Verbo, bigger homes do better on Verbo versus Airbnb. Smaller homes, smaller apartments are going to do better on Airbnb. Now, we list on both, but the way you craft your posting and your listing and what you attract is different on each OTA, right? So those are the realizations that you make, and that's how nuanced this industry is, and it's also why it's a lot of work, right, which is why we believe it should be a passive experience for most. Great. Well, as I mentioned to you earlier, our audience are, are folks that are 50 years of age and older, and uh, they're you know, they're concerned about their their retirement experience, whether they need more cash flow, whether they want to grow their nest egg. Uh, they just want to know that they're going to have funds, you know, until the end. And uh, um, in what 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 advice would you have for those folks in terms of investing in short term rentals? Yeah, you know, I think it's something to add to your portfolio, right? And I'll tell you why. I think as you continue to get on your path to retirement and what those years look like, I think cash flow becomes even more critical. I think the risk for growth equity becomes higher, in my opinion. Um, And income in the short term is more important because of inflation and also just time, right? Um, you know, as much as we would all live to be 150, typically, if you're going to be in that age bracket, you typically don't have another 100 years to compound growth. So it's really about protecting, preserving what you have and optimizing for higher cash yield. So you can continue to live the life that you want on your means, right? Not necessarily taking all the risk without any of the upside. Now, uh, are investors uh, given a term, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, Three years, five years, seven years when they when they uh, make their initial investment. Yeah. it's typically about a projected five year hold. Um, obviously, there's chances that it could be a little longer, could be a little shorter. Uh, we optimize for the efficiency of the investment. Got it. Well, looking ahead, it looks like you've got just a great business plan here and uh, something that. Uh, that is it's just is so needed right now. Um, what uh, what what excites you about the future of your business and uh, uh, the things that you're doing at uh, TechVaster? I think it's we're doing something that no one thought was possible, right? So I think buying a single short term rental is something that people have talked about, thought about, etc. 
but scaling an institutional STR portfolio of our size has never been done before. And everyone thought it would be nearly impossible. And let me tell you, there have been plenty of times where we thought it was impossible, <laughs> right? Um, but we continue to break through. And if someone can crack the nut on this, I genuinely think it's our team. If, and what I believe the best operational team in the space. Um, and that was on purpose of how we built this team is to go out and solve these big problems of scale. Um, and that's really what excites me is that challenge to be able to go and really kind of do something that no one's really ever done before. And there's not a lot of things in this world oftentimes that we look at or like, that's never really been done before. And that's a really exciting journey to be a part of. I love it. That's great. Well, uh, we're at uh, a time here. We're getting kind of near the end of our time together. And uh, there's a uh, segment we call Wrap It Up, where I ask you a series of quick questions, kind of like a lightning round of uh, resources that you've used that uh, maybe you can share with uh, our listening audience. So if you're ready, we can go ahead and uh, wrap it up. Let's do it. All right. uh, Favorite, normally I'd say favorite real estate book, but it could be a favorite book on short-term rental, Airbnb, you know, uh, and so forth. Uh, what would you say their favorite book in, in that space would be? So my favorite book is actually a book by Chip Heath and Dan Heath. Um, it's called Made to Stick. Um, and it's really about why some ideas survive and others die. Um, and it's really about building a narrative and a story in terms of understanding trends and capitalizing on those trends. Mm, okay. And uh, well, next question is actually favorite business book. I, I didn't know if that would probably fall in that category, or would, would it be another? I book have there? another one for oh, you. Oh, there you go. I, All right, totally fine. We can go there. <laughs> Let's uh, do the it. other one's going to be Contagious. Um, this is one by Jonah Berger, uh, and it's about why things catch on. Right. Also, can, can you can you see the trends here? I'm very big on trends. Yeah, I can tell. Human psychology. Really trendy, right? yeah. I, I believe I, you're dealing with humans, right? I believe people buy. Um, based on stories and narratives and emotions first. I also believe it's how they invest. Yeah, that's good. Very good observation. Um, what uh, website would you say is most valuable to you in your business and, and what you're doing right now? Right now, it's probably the Wall Street Journal and the Fed with these rates. <laughs> you know, um, you know, we, we've obviously seen interest rates rise drastically quickly. So, you know, I'm going to say the Wall Street Journal. Okay. Um, you know, they like to report pretty quickly on the minutes of the Fed, and uh, that's a, that's an important one right now. That's great. Um, favorite app. Oh, by far, it's going to be the Airbnb app. I mean, seeing those payouts and those bookings come in is always a nice little adrenaline rush. Oh, that's got to be really exciting, especially with as many as, <laughs> as you have. That's a fun one. Yeah. That's a fun one. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Final question here. If you lost absolutely everything, all your assets, and you had to start all over, knowing what you already know, and you only have $1,000 in cash, what would you do with that $1,000 to relaunch your real estate investing business? I would actually host an event. Uh, first thing I would do is I'd invite everyone over that I knew and raise as much money as possible, as quickly as possible to get that thing started. That sounds like you had, had experience in doing <laughs> that, right? <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've done it once or twice. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's great. Um what uh, I'm sure I'm sure there's a lot of folks that are listening to that are, are very curious about uh, 
about the company, about uh, the investing. Is, is there a lot of information on your site also about the fund? Yeah, so we don't share it like all the details publicly. So okay. we do require that you request an invite, um, of which someone on our investor relations team will have a conversation with you. We want to make sure we educate and inform you on everything that you need to know. Uh, it's you know not a small chunk of change, um, and assuming it's a good fit, we'll share some. Uh, info, PDFs, videos, and such, so that you can educate yourself and see if this investment decision is good for you. And uh, if then, we'll take it from there. Oh, great! And so, where, where, uh, what's your website, and uh, are any contact numbers or emails that are we have value to our members? Yeah, yeah. You can find us at techvestor.com. Uh, you can click the big purple button at the top that says Request Invite. You can also reach out to me directly, Seif. Uh, S as in Sam, I as in India, E as in Eat, F as in Frank at techvestor.com. I'd be happy to connect you with somebody um, or answer any questions. Awesome. Wow. Well, this has been a really, really great. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I think you just, why didn't I think of that? You know, <laughs> it's just a really, a really good uh, niche. In a, and uh, I think it's as an investor myself, a passive investor, um, I'm definitely going to look into it. So um, I thank you for, for coming on. But before you get off, we, we do have a final thing our guests always do. We're called the Old Dogs REI Network. And, uh, well, we have our guests give us a closing howl, okay? You know, your best kind of dog howl that you can do? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give it a shot here. <laughs> it sounds like something happened to the dog in there. <laughs> not too bad. I hope it's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. <laughs> it was good. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for coming on. This has uh, been, been a great uh great bunch of information for our listeners and uh, um, i'm excited to see what's going to happen with your company down the road yeah i appreciate you for having me bill and take care and this has been great uh, thank you and i also want to thank all our old dog listeners out there too for joining us i know there's a lot of other things you could be doing right now but the fact that you've taken the time to join us means a lot and we really appreciate it please note everything everything that steve talked about today uh, uh, especially some of the links that he provided there can be accessed in our our show notes on the old dog website at olddogsreinetwork.com forward slash blog remember Cash flow is king and real estate investing the means. Until next time, keep moving forward and may God bless. Thank you very much for visiting the Old Dogs REI Network. We would greatly appreciate if you would stop by iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. We would love if you could subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating, and write a review. The more ratings and reviews we receive, the more visible the podcast will be to others. Thank you.